Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Victoria Will. Victoria has worked with clients such as Carhartt, ESPN, Samsung, and National Geographic, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Victoria about how she got into photography, her experience working at the Associated Press, and how she made the transition to going freelance and working on bigger production jobs. Victoria is someone who has a wealth of knowledge and experience in photography, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. There we go. All right. Well, Victoria Will, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you. Uh, so many people have like uh, requested you as a guest over the years, and then our mutual friend Jeff Lipsky, who I know you just did a workshop with, like I think like a month ago. He yeah. Was like, he, he uh i was talking to him he said you gotta get victoria on she's a badass so i'm excited to have you um, oh wow and i guess to start off um i know setting this up i know you had a shoot on monday i was just kind of curious how it went uh and uh how the shoot was well thanks for having me yeah. uh it's great to be here i'm a long time listener uh what is it? The things people say when they call long, the radio, long time, long time listener, first, first time, time caller. caller. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, shoot was all right. I have to say, I um, so I just had a baby. Yeah. Uh, my third, actually. That's wow. final, I should say. Congrats. But <laughs> thank you. So this is actually my first shoot back, sort mm. of after taking um, a little bit of time off. So um, I wouldn't tell the editor this, but I was definitely felt. Uh, like I had to like brush the cobwebs off a little yeah. bit. Um, uh, I mean, it hasn't been that long, but uh, so it took me a second to get up and running, but then it was, it was really good. It, was, it felt great to be. Do you, do you feel that you feel that way? Good. Like when you're producing a lot of work, be it assignments or personal work and you kind of got that engine running, do you feel like you're just kind of sharper the, the more you're shooting? And cause I, I Oh my God. That, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it's, yeah, like a body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. Like I, I really feel like I have to keep, uh, keep being creative. Like that doesn't necessarily mean shooting, but I'm definitely um, sharper, as you said, when I'm when I'm shooting more often. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I know you you kind of touched on you just had a baby. I was curious in talking to you. Like I, it's amazing. Like like as you know, running a freelance business is hard in itself because you it's always all over the place. You don't know when you're gonna work, where you're gonna work. And I can't right. imagine yeah. having three kids. Like how, how do you manage all that? Because it's so much stuff. <laughs> you know. Well, I've had to learn how to be excellent at time management, uh, but also I I mean. I'm definitely, you know, I ask for help all the time. I have, I, my husband is an incredible help. Um, I have babysitters in every city, you know, (laughs) all over the country that I reach out to. I don't do it alone. I don't want anyone to think that I'm over here. Like I got this under control because, um, I, I doesn't on any given day, it does not feel that way, but, um, I have a, a whole sort of resource of, um, or a group of human beings and, and resources to help because otherwise I, I can't focus on, on my career and being a parent. And it's tough because a lot of, you know, I really try to give a hundred percent to both things. Mm-hmm. And of course, mathematically, that's very difficult, but I, I bounce back and forth. 
and, and do you I do feel, the best I can. Do you feel like obviously when you have your, your first kid, that's a major adjustment. And then you had your second kid. Do you feel like once you had the second kid, you kind of already had a, a plan of like how you kind of manage your time and stuff, or does it get a little, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't have kids. So I'm so interested in this because like, yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out so, to the moms. It's the hardest job <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I felt the, so going from zero kids to one was a real shock. Like that was far harder than going from one kid to two from going from one kid to two for me was just more time management, yeah. you know, more hands on deck. Um, but one to going from zero to one felt well, here's the thing. Like you have this kid and you're, you're, I was so thrilled and I don't want to go backwards in time at all, but you mourn the death of your old life. And I, you know, you really do like you're, you realize like, oh, wow, if I want to get a manicure, I have to either find a babysitter or manage my time so precisely that I have, you know, 30 minutes. Whereas before you had all the freedom in the world, like you say goodbye to your freedom. Yep. And that was very hard for me, even though I didn't, want to go backwards you know yeah no uh, so it's going from you know then the next kid it's like no problem i've already adjusted to that <laughs> that's awesome well shout just out trying to, to be all- real here because it's not you know <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's it's amazing shout out to all the moms out there nothing but respect um and i guess to go back like where did you grow up and like how did you kind of initially pick up a camera so i'm from washington dc actually born and raised in the district of columbia um and I am also very dyslexic. So reading, I love reading. I love, you know, movies, stories, storytelling. And I picked up a camera. Um, I was always the, I have older bro- three older bro- two older brothers, one younger brother. And I was always the family photographer when we go on trips. Never thought anything of it, right? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, I get to college and... I had never taken a photography class or anything. And I took a history of photography class with Peter Bunnell, who um, is a, what he's done had, he recently passed, but what he's done for the industry, it was just, I had, I didn't really realize his impact until I took this class, changed my life. I knew right then and there that I was going to do something in photography, but I didn't know what it was, you know, maybe a curate, a gallery or Uh, you know, be a photo editor. There's so many parts of the industry, but um, I ended up as a photojournalist. That was sort of, I ended up in newspapers and somewhere along the way, I was like, I think I want to try this shooting thing. I worked for the Sunday times in London as a photo editor one summer. It was awesome. But the whole time I was assigning the shoots, I mean, I was low on the totem pole here, but uh, you know, I, I, I would assign these shoots and be like, but can I go? I want to go. I want to be there. I and so then I told the photo editor there that I actually wanted to try my stab at shooting. And he was like, are you insane? Like, don't you want a normal life? Like, don't you want to know what you're doing next week? No, like, that's not exciting. No, no, exactly. I was like, no. So I, um, I started in photojournalism. That being said, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't the photojournalism I thought I'd be doing. I was working at the New York Post. Mm. So um, for those people who don't know what the Post is, it's, you know, it's a tabloid newspaper. We did a lot of great assignments, but there's also a lot of nonsense. They and, always got the big, the, the bold white letters on the cover. It's like huge print. Like, like, like big. Yeah, exactly. It's a little sensational, um, like to, you know, ruffle feathers. 
And it was an amazing place to work though. Like I do not, I, I learned so much there. I learned how to be a utility. I could shoot anything. I could Mm. shoot a perp walk. I could shoot a portrait. I could shoot, um, you know, a restaurant review or a, whatever was going on you know and that's kind of cool even looking at your work now like you do a lot of different things like you do like portraiture and then you have like a whole fashion section on your site and then you kind of you'll have like your personal project and it's still kind of it seems like you kind of bounce around in different kind of genres of photography a little bit yeah people ask me you know what do you do i'm a photographer and they're like oh what kind (laughs) and i it's hard for me to answer that i think the short answer is i shoot people or, you know, honestly, you know. when people ask me, I just say like I, I shoot at weddings. I don't even shoot weddings, but I just like instead of having <laughs> yeah. to have the conversation of explaining, that's the like, first thing people say. Do you shoot weddings? I'm like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, this makes more sense. Like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to put what I do in a box, but I, hilariously, I, I was listening to something the other day, and uh, the interviewer asked this woman, uh, "What was what's the worst advice anyone's ever given you?" And the answer was, "Pick one." Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you for sort of, uh, you know, articulating what I've been saying for years, which is like, you know, you're not going to put me in a box. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have tried over the years, you know, she's just portraits or she's just, you know, and the fashion I do is backstage reportage specifically, you know, so it's, uh, it's not, you know, I'm not a typical, what I think when people think of, you know, Mario Testino, you know, fashion, fashion, uh, but it just makes me laugh. I'm just like, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know what I do. And if I gave them that answer, like, well, certain times of year, <laughs> they would be like, oh, okay, I got to go. You're so boring. Yeah. But I think it's still, it's like different stuff, but like looking at your work, like you've definitely found like an approach and like an aesthetic and like tone to this stuff where it's still, it's Thanks. not like, cause you, like you'll definitely see sometimes the photographers who have like, they'll be trying to shoot product and then they'll shoot in portraits and it doesn't actually, it's not a cohesive thing, but it seems like you found a way to like, make it all work and has a kind of similar tone in a sense well that's the ultimate compliment so thank you and sometimes when i look at it i i don't even necessarily see it but uh it always i sort of trust that it comes from my gut sort of it's my aesthetic so i assume that that will you know be the thread through Mm -hmm. it and obviously uh, my journalism background is always there because I love to tell stories in the work if I can, you know, that's not always um, necessary or appropriate, but storytelling is sort of the base of what I love uh, in photography. And do you feel like, are you like a good editor of your own work? Cause that's like something you know, I struggle with, especially the longer you do it. And like when you're trying to like edit your website or your portfolio and you have more to pull from, are you someone, do you uh, seek advice from other people to get their opinion or like, how, how do you kind of approach this to editing? And Okay. So I used to be horrific. Like that's like a borderline being nice. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I used to be really terrible at it and I'll tell you a story in a second, but to answer the question, it, uh, I definitely have gotten better and Part of that is the confidence in myself, sort of to sort of see and trust what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I work very closely with my agent, actually. She's, I mean, she, you know, you say agent and it seems very sort of like a sterile word. Like my agent is, I've been with her for 10 years and she's very hands-on and we do a lot of editing together. And I trust her implicitly, especially because she understands 
the market in a way I don't like, I, you know, I'm coming from a place of emotion and mm -hmm. I love this image and I, this was so difficult to, to make. And I, and she'll be like, yeah, yeah, but it's not speaking to me. And, and she has the one who really has helped me grow my career and done so not by saying, Oh, Hey, go shoot this. This is the trend. You know, she just says, if it's inspiring to you, it's going to be inspiring to everybody else. And mm -hmm. the first time she said that to me, I just sort of went, all right, here we go. And, I, and that's kind of the motto that I try to go by. But I'll go rewind a little bit. I used to take workshops all the time yeah. to learn, right? So I, because I had no, I studied art history and photography. Ultimately, that was my, what I ended up majoring in in school, but I didn't, it wasn't a art school. So I wasn't learning actually anything practical. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, oh, so it was all this, like the history and everything. It yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like photo school where like they give you assignments and stuff like that. No, I mean, I, I did take photography classes and I did do a sort of a gallery exhibit at the end of, but it was not, I didn't learn lighting. It was a lot of theory and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not when I, when I see, some of the kids that graduate from RIT or SBA, I'm like, holy crap, you yeah, are yeah. so ahead of where I was. <laughs> um, so I, uh, back to the editing here, I, you know, because I was at a newspaper, I would have to edit my own assignments all the time, but I, and I would send the photos I just thought they wanted, mm -hmm. you know, and I would, and I often was right that those were the photos they wanted, but it, the work didn't necessarily speak to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went and did a workshop with Norman Jean Roy and we had an assignment and I went and did my assignment and I was just mortified. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to show any of the work. I was like, I can't, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, all right, let me sit down with you and edit. And we went through and he picked a photo. He's like, this one's, this one's beautiful. I love this. Like, this is the one from the take. And I just stared at it and was like, oh my God, like something changed in me where all of a sudden I was like, okay, I have to literally edit for me and not what I would think everybody else wants to see. Yeah. And that took, you know, I, I don't know why it, that's what it took. And it was this sort of aha moment, but the realization for me was a, a bit about just trusting my gut and having more confidence in my work. And I think it was so obvious to me at that moment that I had no confidence in it and I just needed to kind of like fake it till you make it a little bit. Yeah. It's like growing pains. Like, I think that's like, especially with like assignment work i don't know if you ever had this feeling like because especially when you're starting out you get a client you get your first assignment and you're like so hungry to like do a good job and you want to retain that client and get more work and it's like sometimes i feel like in the beginning i would just send them so much stuff i was like oh if i send them tons of photos that, that yeah. means i did a good job but like yeah but as an artist you still want to have like you want them to pick the right photo you know what i mean uh-huh like, it, with the assignments you do now, like what's the process? Like if you, if you just do like editorial portrait shoot, like how many selects are you sending them? Like, how do you approach like what you, cause you want to make them happy, but at the same time as a creative, you want to put your favorite work forward. Totally. So first of all, I can even speak to mistakes that I've made where I've gone on assignment and again, tried to please them so much that I just did such a mediocre job. And yeah. then, wasn't hired again. And it, and when I think back to those, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why did I shoot that way? Why did I approach it that way? It was so, you know, I just, thankfully I've grown mm -hmm. <laughs> as a human, yeah. not just as a photographer. Um, so now I definitely, I still will, 
I still kind of have to go through that process. I do a big edit right from the beginning. And then I go in and I start working on the photos that I really love. And then, so I kind of make that sort of second edit. And then I do sort of a one extra pass and say, okay, do I want my name on this? Because mm. they're going to publish the one that is the weakest. Every time, every time, you know, and my, <laughs> yeah, it happens. I don't know why it happens that way, but so I have to say, do I want my name on this? Yeah. Because what I, my thought process used to be is, oh, I'd love to show the editor just how much I did. Look, I did five setups. They only asked for one, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to over deliver yep. and in over delivering, I think I watered down the, you know, the meat of the assignment and, um, so shame on me for sending that one basically is how I, how, you know, yeah, it's all, that's how it, I think of it. Yeah. It's all this kind of building confidence. And I feel like you feel like even now, like obviously you're doing bigger and bigger jobs or you're like doing motion projects now. Is it still the same type of like, you, you feel like you're still learning and still building your confidence in terms of like the scale of the jobs you're doing from year to but, year? Yeah. Because don't you need to push the envelope? Right. I think mm -hmm. if you're, if you're making great work all the time, then you're not trying anything new, mm. you know? So, well, I should say on, uh, when, I, when you're on assignment, show up with your A game, but yeah. you know, I, I'm always trying doing personal shoots and trying other things or, um, you know, after on an editorial assignment, I'll, after I, you know, I know the client clients getting what they need, I'll try X, Y, Z. I, I think evolving, I crave that. I mm -hmm. don't know. Um, if I'll ever, if that will ever go away, just yeah, always wanting to learn and it's try something it, new. Yeah. It's like the magic of photography and seeing what's happened. Yeah. Cause I've definitely, I know for myself, like I've had times where I just keep falling into the same like setup. Like, you know, I got this light modifier and I use this yep. over and over mm -hmm. and I finally had to like force myself just to like fuck around. Like I put this snoot on this head and it, it doesn't totally. make, it doesn't make any sense, but let's just see what it looks like, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, when I'm start bringing the same stuff, and I know I'm falling into the same pattern, mm -hmm. and I have to sort of snap myself out of it. I have this um, when I was mostly this is an older uh, when I was still at the newspaper. I was doing that all the time, just setting up a seamless with the same. You know, yeah. I I would use a beauty dish with a grid, and I still love that quality of light. But I look back now, and I'm like, oh my god, all of my work is the same. But because you get comfortable, uh, you get comfortable and exactly. complacent, and you're like, you know, like it's gonna work. But it's like you gotta like push yourself to like try different exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's so tough. the word com comfortable is a funny one because I always think about how I make the best work when I'm uncomfortable, and so I have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's what photography is to me. Like that's it was it was being uncomfortable, you know, w with a, a big personality in front of me and just like deal with it, Victoria, like, this is why you're here, you know, and sort of learning to tolerate that discomfort. That's where that's part of the growing for me was, was, was figuring that out. Do you feel like you've always been good at like dealing with people and like communicating your ideas? Cause like, obviously you work with like, like a lot of big name people, like you photographed everyone from like Brad Pitt. So I've always like been, oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm blushing over here. He's just <laughs> as dreamy as they say. Um, you know, I think that I was, I've always been a good communicator, right? Because I have 
well, I don't know, divorced parents, three brothers. Like I just had to like, you know, be direct. However, I would get so nervous. Two things that happened. I would get nervous or uh, I would get caught up in the photography of it. I would Mm. just get caught up in the lights. You know, I got to try this. I'd have to do this. And then I would lose that, that direct line of communication. And so when I, when I um, sort of figured that out and sort of eliminated that, I, I think I've, that's when I really became a better director. Yeah. You know, sort of articulating what I need and how to get somebody there. Yeah. And it's really hard to do because, as you know, sometimes these like scenarios you get thrown into to like photograph someone at a location, there can be a lot of noise. It can be like, just the, oh my the people, the background, and then this person's got, they're not even focusing. The, and then you got your whole, no, it's, and that's hair like the, and makeup, publicist, this, that. And well, but I used yeah. to get really nervous and I would ask questions and I would sometimes not listen to the answer. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if, if it's like when you so meet, it's rude. like when you, it's like when you meet someone and you say, Hey, what's your name? And you shake their yes. hand and you instantly just like, I'm, I wish I had that skill to be able to like, remember the name i just they say it and i instantly like forget it because it's like you're not listening Well, because you're everywhere else exactly you're not listening and i know that that sounds rude right but it it, and it wasn't intended to be rude i was just worrying about the light and worrying about this and worrying about you know the the clothes or whatever and so that was a real learning moment for me because i was like i remember asking a model where she lived twice yeah you just asked me that and i was like (laughs) oh my god i'm not present yep and so right then and there i was like okay that's not gonna fly like i would find that rude you know i would if i was the sitter in this moment or i would if maybe maybe i wouldn't interpret it that way maybe it would just be like wow she's out to lunch yeah, <laughs> I don't <yeah>. know. <laughs> but i was like okay victoria you need to be present mm-hmm. because this isn't a about I mean, as a portrait photographer, it's not about me. It's about us, like what we're doing together. And I need to be more present. So I really try to bring that um, attitude. And it's, and that helped. That really did help. I sort of would, I just would make better connections with people. Yeah. You know? It's, it's like, almost like, do you, because how do you like, if you have a portrait shoot, like how do you prepare? Like I know some people do a lot of research and is it almost like, because you know, you're going to have to like, connect with this person. Are you like, even going before you go into the shoot, are you like having questions in mind that you want to ask this person as a way to connect? Are you like making notes for yourself? Like, how do you prepare to go into one of these situations? So first I go in, I do go in with creative notes. Like I'll, I'll make a little mood board for myself. That's like, I want to try this, 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 you know, just ideas to keep it flowing because I, I definitely don't want it to feel stale. And, you know, hammering down the same, you know, same look. It's like, okay, we got this. Let's move on. And I'm driving that, you know, I'm the energy that's driving it. So I always try to have some ideas, but excuse me, as it goes, when it comes to sort of preparing for the human, Mm -hmm. it depends. I'm not a huge researcher. I do a little, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I also want to be able to have a conversation that's or, organic you know that's organic and real and so when i ask hey do you have kids you know you ask brad pitt like hey do you have kids like that's duh we all know you <laughs> kids you know yeah, like yeah. you know so i want to i want to be able to make sure that the answers are real and i also want to um have genuine reactions you know mm-hmm. it's like oh you have six kids go Holy figure shit. like you know <laughs> right yeah so 
Um, but I definitely do some research. I'm just curious how other people have shot them or, um, you know, I just did um, a story with a person that's around a Supreme Court case. And so I did some research on the case because I'm genuinely interested. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely do some research. Sometimes none at all. And I'm just because there's just no time or they're yeah. like show up at 1030 and, and photograph this woman. And so I'm like, OK, I'm there, you know, yeah, definitely it, make it happen. It's sometimes. Yeah. You know, so it just depends. Sometimes there's the liberty of time and, and mm-hmm. preparation. And um, other times you have to be prepared in different ways. Yeah, definitely. And back on the workshops, because Lipsky actually mentioned this to me. You mentioned it a bunch of different ones. Like, who are some of the other people you did workshops oh. with? And like, what do you think? Yeah. Is that something you would like recommend to like people starting out or like? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I'm not. I'm a. I love learning that way. Yeah. Sort of sitting next to a photographer and and listening to them talk and tell stories. I learned so much. For example, it's also why I love this podcast. Like, it's as if I'm sitting and talking to them, you know, <laughs> but, um, I, the very first one I did when I was like 23 and knew nothing about lighting. And I decided, all right, that's it. I want to separate myself from some of the other photojournalists that don't understand light. Well, they, well, they do, but they don't understand artificial light. Um, and I said, I went to my editor and I said, look, if I try to learn this, don't you think that could be an asset? And he was like, yeah, 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 go for it. So I go to Joe McNally's class. Oh, legend. Yeah. And so I was already a little insecure about working at the New York Post, right? I'm thrilled that I have a a, a job, right? Well, but, well, insecure because it was like tabloid? like that yes, type of, yeah. Because, yeah, because the work I was doing didn't feel impactful or even necessarily like me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I even had a book to show because yeah. I was just going on assignment all the time. And it's like, oh, I took a picture of a pizza yesterday. And I took a picture of, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I did some of the weirdest shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like whatever they needed, yeah. I took a photo of, you know, and, um, and I, I, I mean, again, I learned so much there, but I was a little bit like, oh, if people find out I work there, they're not going to think I'm a serious artist, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there's sort of a stigma around it. And so I kind of shied away from it and I'm sitting in this room and Joe McNally starts talking about how, Oh, I also had one person tell me that if I worked at the New York post too long, no one would ever hire me for anything else. Right. So I had this in the back of my head, like, Oh my God, screw you. You <laughs> yeah, know, like I'm going to prove you gotta have wrong. a job. You gotta have a job. It's like, right? it's like, it's a building blocks, you know, you, exactly. But you know. I also am grateful for every day because I learned something every day, how to talk to people, how to, you know, how to light a really hideous, you know, conference room or whatever, you know, I just really had these opportunities to grow. And I'm, I mean, it was probably more valuable than my college, just working, you know, the working there, um, as far as learning photography, but I, so I had this in the back of my mind and I'm sitting down and he's explaining how he got started. You know, this is the guy who's shot for National Geographic for decades and Sports Illustrated covers and blah, blah, blah. So many iconic imagery. And he said, I started at the Daily News Mm -hmm. and the Daily News is my rival in New York. You know, it was the rival tabloid newspaper. And I literally almost fell off my chair. I was like, you started at a tabloid also? Like, there's hope for me. Hell yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, 
this is fabulous. Like I, I, it literally just inspired all of a sudden I was like, okay, screw everybody. I'm going to learn what I can while I'm at this paper. And then I'm going to move on just like he did. So, um, that was my first workshop, which was, which was awesome. Uh, I learned so much and I just continued to do it for the next bunch of years. I took a class with Norman Jean Roy, a class with Platon, which was fabulous. Um, Max Vadugal and Jody Peckman. So it, that was a, an editor photography, uh, edit, excuse me, editor photographer matchup. Wow. So we could talk to both of them about, you know, both sides of the industry. And then the last one, oh, I did one with Peter Lindbergh. Wow. Legend. Yeah. What was that? Like, where was that? Like, so the, that, the last two I've actually done in the last couple of years, um, Nadav, Kander, and, um, and Peter were both at the Palm Springs Photo Festival. See, that's awesome because I think a lot of people, I would imagine, they start to get hired and you're you're doing big like entertainment, advertising and other cool stuff. And a lot of people people could probably have the mindset of like, oh, you know, I'm I can't be doing workshops now. Like I'm an established photographer. But I think it's just so awesome to hear that you're still out there just like oh man, I'm there. Yeah, it's it's inspiring. Like sitting there it, with a notebook. I'm yeah, like, bring it. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. hearing about how, you know, what inspires them, how they grew in their careers. I mean, Peter, we're talking 40 years of photography. Yeah. Insane. And, you know, lo- just his anecdotes about how, you know, he said, he, someone asked him, like, well, what happens when you turn in your selects and some of them are out of focus? Because we all know Peter's work yep. has that sort of soft, ethereal look, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, they're not all out of focus, only about, you know, 40%. And his <laughs> assistant who was there turns to us. He's like, uh, I would say 20% are in focus. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm so glad that happens to him also, you know, and, and it just sort of, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, all of this stuff gives me confidence, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but um, it just sort of makes me feel like we're all in this together and we all, make the same mistakes and I've, but they also have so much wisdom and experience. So I learned so much every time. And I'm always looking, I think Palm Springs is going to come out with their list soon and I'll take a look. Nice. And, you know, I'm not the only, you know, I, uh, sort of working photographer who ends up taking them. It's a, it's a whole, uh, a whole slew of us. Yeah, it's not, a, it sounds a, fun because it's like it's like yeah. it's like it sounds like like summer camp for photographers. It's like yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I've met so many amazing people and you know connected with them there and or at, at um at the Santa Fe workshops. That's the mm. other one. Yep. That I did. Um, yeah, I I don't know why it it's sort of a focused week of photo camp literally and in order it's a type of personality right who who wants to go do that like we're just photo nerds and I think it's fabulous and we sit around and I talk about everything we talk about software and hardware and this and lighting and everything down to you know music what are we what are you where do you find you know where do you go for inspiration you know? Yeah, because it's like it's a, the busier you get and like you, you have a family and you're running a business like the opportunity to actually sit down and like talk to your peers and like pick their brain on stuff mm-hmm. it like it like never happens. So it's like- ha- yeah. And you have to carve it out. I, I 
it's very precious to me and mm-hmm. it, it's so important. And I, I, I love it. I wonder, it's- I'm trying to think of the, who's at, who out there, who's out there that I would want to go to their workshop. Is there anyone you is on your list? Uh, damn. I mean, so many, uh, I, I, I really like, uh, I love, uh, you know, Todd Heido. He's like of a course. Farmer. Yeah. He, he does one at yeah. Palm Springs. See, I talked to that guy. I had him on the podcast like a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And he was just, I just admire it. Like, I've never really delved into that kind of fine art world. But looking at his work, he really just does like what he wants. Like, there's, I know he does some commercial work, but he pretty much yeah, just yeah. like, he found a way no, to like, just shoot like the stuff he wants, makes books, sells prints, does these shows. And it's just like so impressive to me, like, that you can do that, you know? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it's like the winning ticket. I mean, I think anytime as a photographer, you're hired for you, like your point of view is a win, you mm-hmm. know. But to be the person who's all, you know, he's he's dictating that all, all the time. Yeah, it's he's pretty impressive. I have a lot of his books. Why? Wow. Who 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 would be someone you you'd want to uh, work out? Oh, that's it's like asking me my favorite restaurant in New York. It's like I have so many and. <laughs> the minute you ask me, I remember nothing. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, who would I want? I was going to look behind me at all of my um, books, but they, I actually put a bunch of them in storage at the moment. That's all right. Moved. We'll, we'll, so, we'll get, you can think about it later. I'm going to think about it. There's so many people I love. Yeah. So being like you were working at the Post, you're like doing being a photojournalist. And I think I believe, did you end up going working at the AP? Yeah. So I was just freelance though. So I ended up, um, sort of getting to a point where I felt like I really had learned everything I was going to learn at the paper and it was holding me back at a certain point. And, um, and I told this story actually to Jeff. So, um, on when we did that workshop, but I was on an assignment shooting pickle juice I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like artisanal pickle juice, <laughs> right? Cause it, it was a food trend or a, a drink trend was a pickleback shot. Yep. Right. And this restaurant made their own artisanal pickle juice. And for whatever reason, they sent me to go shoot it. And I was like, you know what pickle juice looks like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> so I'm trying to make this look interesting and not like a shot glass of piss <laughs> and I got a call and it was Rolling Stone and they asked me if I was available to shoot a portrait the next day. And I had to say no because I'm a staff photographer at the New York Post. And I immediately said to myself, that's it. You're done. You're out. Like it killed me that I wasn't able to do it. And, um, you know, that was like the dream. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I just that was instantly I turned around and was like, I got to figure out I'm done. I got to get out of here. I didn't turn around and like quit and drop the mic. I, you know, I, I figured out like, all right, I'm going to, you got to leave. You got to put in your notice. You got to figure out how you're going to navigate this freelance world. And I went to AP um, and reached out to them and said, Hey, I'm available for freelancing now. And that's how I started working there. And like going from like a photojournalism background to like doing what you do now, which is, I would say it's a lot more production and there's like some polish, Uh a polish to the projects you're doing. Was that like, was that like a dream of yours when you were like working at these newspapers and AP? Was that like in the back of your mind? Like, that's what I want to be doing and like working towards or did this kind of. Well, I wanted to work towards taking better portraits. Right. So that's another, um, I just was sort of naive and 
again, in one of those workshops, I learned, okay, I was talking to Norman and I said, Norman, I love this photograph. It was of, of three people. And he was like, well, yeah, but that's like 12 different shots photoshopped together. You yeah. know, that's what Norman does. And Annie does, that's what they do. And I, I, I don't know why, but that never occurred to me. <laughs> and I was like, kind of, you know, and at the time my heart sort of sank because I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know, and I it's a lot, of, a lot of production in terms of like styling and hair and makeup. Oh, and it's like, absolutely. Some, it's something that's like frustrating because like, especially when you're starting out and you're looking at like advertising work, like I feel like as a photographer, you can be like, I can do that. I just don't have $7,000 to rent the location <laughs> and do all these yeah, things. Exactly. Like how the hell borrow do I... a Dior couture dress? Yeah, it's know? hard. It's hard. Yeah. I, so, but I didn't know any of that going mm -hmm. into this. Right. So this is at a certain point I was like, wait, what? I, okay. I'm never going to be able to do that. I I'm, you know, that first of all, it's journalistic ethics. I'm not, I can't do that, yep. but I be learning how to do that just sent, felt so overwhelming to me. And that I sort of decided at that moment that I really wanted to take, do everything in camera as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was sort of nice to know that I, you know, that sort of gut check. I was like, okay, so I'm going to work on my, you know, I, I would love to be Norman, but I'm not. So I'm going to try to be Victoria and it's going to be a little bit of um, a little bit more raw, maybe, you know, and that, that was a, that was a good thing to sort of find out. And that's how, that's how I discovered that about myself that I really wanted to, I wanted to do more, portraiture and I wanted to do bigger productions, but it wasn't going to be that kind of almost, you know, that, that ho vanity fair Hollywood look yeah. like, I, yeah, I love it, but it's not mine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that's owned. And like, when do you kind of like, cause that's the other thing. Like when you're a photojournalist, like, as you mentioned, there's like a code of ethics. Like I was actually having this conversation with somebody yesterday. They were having like a debate about like some photojournalists, they, they'll even say like using any strobe is like, they, they kind of frown upon that even like, they think that's like altering the situation. Some people yeah. say, no, it kind of varies from situation to whatever, but like, how do you kind of make the jump? Oh from, my like, gosh. This is know, like a, we yeah. should have a, phd class yeah it's, it's lots of opinions um it, out there i have always wondered why the associated press and the new york times say i can't um you know retouch an image and remove a pimple or you know a wrinkle when i'm already the person who has walked into the room and said please go stand next to the window I've yeah. already interrupted the situation and, or and you dictated it. Or you pick the lens, like you could pick a, right. a, a wide angle lens and that's distorting the reality of it too. So it's like, it's kind of never right. ending like the, you know? Right. I mean, I generally just go by the rule that I'm not, I can't move pixels when mm -hmm. I'm working with them, you know, mm -hmm. that's it. And, uh, and there's definitely a fine line in your color manipulation, because as you get better in Photoshop, you realize you can do more, especially with these bras. Um, and I really try to, I mean, that's just not my look. Yeah. If you, you know, my, it's just never been um, sort of the imperfections. I think that was sort of one of the things I'm never going to be Annie. I'm never going to be Norman. So like, wh why am I even trying? Nor should you be your Victoria. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But when yeah. you're 25, I think I was 25 when I met Norman and I just was like, God damn, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now he makes bread. 
And now he makes bread. And you know what? I haven't had it, but that man, everything he does, he does exceptionally. And I guarantee that bread is fabulous. I'm sure. Um, but when did, what were kind of like, so you're working at the AP, when did you kind of start making the, the jump into like doing more, like obviously I'm sure. Commercial work. Yeah. Like commercial stuff. Obviously I'm sure it was a long journey, but like, when did you kind of, who were some of those first clients you started working with when you actually could put some production to it and, you know, put a little sauce on the photos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was working um, at AP, but in addition to doing portraiture for them, I was also doing some event stuff. I mean, I was doing, I was just working, you know, yeah. I was like, I'm living the dream. I'm living in New York. I'm freelancing and I'm paying my rent. And check, yeah. check, check, check. Um, and I started, I didn't truly understand what commercial work was either, you know, what it entailed, the, the level of production that went into it. And when I started, it was sort of baby steps. I actually was hired to shoot alongside commercials, broadcast commercials a lot, because essentially you're a photojournalist. So they would say, hey, can you get pictures of this, this and this while we're shooting? And I was like, this is, uh, yeah, I can yeah. do that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. And not only can I do that, but I'm going to also do blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to shoot around and I'm going to maybe pull the, the talent aside. And again, I love to over deliver. That's my, I, I try because yep. I, when I have employees or someone working for me, I would like them to go, you know, one step, you know, beyond yep. sort of. Um, and so that's what I did. And that's how I started just working with the, um, you know, the art buyers and the, and the creative teams at these agencies, but as a, um, you know, grabbing stills for them for print campaigns, but it, it had to match the broadcast commercial. Yep. And like, and then I, yeah. How are I you like, like, how are you like getting your name out there? Like what does this kind of word of mouth at this point? You kind of built the relationships with people in the business in New York or like, cause I think that's like the hard thing for a lot of people starting out is like just getting your foot in the door and like trying yes. to, like trying to find an opportunity, yes. you know? So I think, some of it was actually because of those events that I worked because a lot of the people that worked those events, then the yeah. PR companies left and would go to the ad side. Yep. Um, and they would, I think people thought, Oh, well she can work an event and sort of be a fly on the wall and still get you what you need. But I also, um, that's when I connected with my agent and I have to say, she really held my hand and taught me a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't understand the full scale of, what a commercial job is and you know what it needs I'm like what's a certificate of insurance I don't know what you're talking about you know <laughs> things like that and she um so she really taught me a lot and she definitely would push me to do the promo uh, promotion like promos email people like who have you emailed this week she what? does a lot of that as well but you know it was a sort of someone to hold me accountable and I that's I emailed a I mean you know, the gist, you email a whole bunch of people and no one writes you back or one yeah. person writes back and says, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I would like the days where I just don't have anything going on. I'll just like bang out tons of like personal emails to the people. Mm -hmm. If I send out like a hundred and I get like five responses, that's like a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. That's a huge, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, ratio there. That's, <laughs> that's a good day. It's sure. really the little one email will just keep you going. If you just get one response, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I think people read them. You know, I think about all the emails I read that I don't respond to. Yep. Uh, 
the blasts or whatever. And it's like, okay, well I have that. Oh, that's in the back of my head now. And I think that that's how it works. I, I did portfolio reviews. Um, also, I'm actually just remembering the story. I don't know why, but I did a portfolio review and you met a bunch of people. One of the women hired me three years later for, um, yep. again, my first ad job was, or my first handful were very photojournalistic. It was shooting real people that were being in, after they were being interviewed by the broadcast, I was going to pull them aside and do portraits, um, but very run and gun. And that was my first introduction to creative calls and whatnot. But, and the art buyer I had met three years ago. So it was like, Hey, she just had me on this list of like, you know, when the right job comes along and then she put me up for it. And I had, Oh my God. I was remember my first creative call. I didn't really understand that it was a job interview. Yeah. You're basically like pitching yourself to like, yeah, get, it's, a, it's a sales call. Really? <laughs> like it's like, trying completely. To, like, I thought yeah. we were just going to talk to creative and be like, like, let's I'm packing my bags. Let's go. You know, nah. I didn't really know that. <laughs> yeah. It's but, tough. Um, uh, that that's, and, but I think, you know, I, I guess I, the work spoke for itself, I suppose, I hope. And those, um, those agencies ended up hiring me, you know, repeatedly for a few different things. And each time I think I, I would get a little bit more creative control. So then it turned into, Hey, we're coming to you with an actual print campaign that has nothing to do with shooting alongside podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned the portfolio reviews and that's something uh, for a long time myself, like I kind of had like a weird feeling. I was like, why am I, I feel weird paying someone to look at my work but I finally just started doing them like, and they're so beneficial. Like I, yeah. I, I've gotten work from them and it's good just to get other people's like feedback either. Like I've learned so much little stuff, just like about my website, how I should do it. And like, mm-hmm. cause the people that are actually right? hire you, like what they're looking for. And yeah. it's like, I don't know why for so many years I just felt like I felt weird about paying someone to look at my work, but now I can't yeah. recommend it enough because it's just a way, especially in COVID times where no one's, uh in offices like actually being able to talk to a human being and like get on (laughs) meet people it's like any time like you said like you were shooting events like i'm sure you didn't want to shoot events but it 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 was a way to interact with people and it's like being open-minded and like this yeah yeah i think that's what i've just kind of learned from doing those things you know no i remember people being like why are you paying for that and i was like i don't know any other way so i think of it as an investment in myself but i think you're everything you just said totally resonates. I would meet people. I'd meet other photographers, mm-hmm. you know, I'm that I, you know, keep in touch with on social and share ideas. Um, but the, the, you know, the editors or art buyers that you're meeting, it was learning what they loved in my book, uh, you know, sort of like the cream rises to the top a little bit. I could sort of see what, what people were gravitating to. And it sort of helped. It's kind of informed everything. Um, about yeah. how people saw my work. And I, yeah, I don't, I wasn't the type of person that would go and say, Hey, you know, can you come and look at my work? I wish I sort of had potentially done that more, but there's always that you're opening yourself up to this, you know, this vulnerability Yep. and that takes a lot of energy. And so um, I guess in paying, I was, I, I mean, I just had to show up. 
Yeah. <laughs> I had to be there, you know? So that yeah. it's it's kind of like paying for a spin class. Like if you pay for it, you're gonna you go, go to it. Got, yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh another thing, like as some of the ones I've done, like you'll meet with some person and they'll be like, you know, I don't we don't really have your work's not right for what we do, but I've had plenty of times where like I got a friend that works at this place, like I'm gonna connect you. Mm-hmm. So it's just like any way to like kind of connect. That's yeah, the I feel like I don't know relationships is the name of this game like i feel like you have to have good you have to have good work that's just like given but after that like it's really about just like building like long-term relationships with people and that's like that's it that it completely the relationships you build you know the same thing with your the you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like um it's the same thing with you know who you're who you're networking with let me just turn that off. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard that. I just got a text. So it no, no, I couldn't hear it. Um, but yeah, it's hard. You have to like actively maintain those oh, okay. relationships too, because you get busy and it's like you have to be able to mm-hmm. find ways to organize, keep in contact with clients, people you haven't talked to within a while. It's like that's one yeah. thing, especially once you get so, busy shooting, like maintaining yeah. all that. Well, keeping up the relationships, I mean, that's a full-time job, number mm-hmm. one, you know, in and of itself. But also I, I I think the FaceTime at those things is so important because they're like, wait a minute. I connected with this person really quickly. Maybe that will happen when she's shooting a portrait for me or, you know what, she's really going to handle that, that, yeah. you know, high maintenance client I have. And, Oh, I, if I have to be in Prague for 12 days, I would like to be with her because she looks like she's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever that they're trying to, uh, whatever they take away is, is fine with me because I'm there to present myself and mm-hmm. that FaceTime is invaluable. And in COVID times, I do it on zoom a lot. I try, you know, it's almost easier to, to get uh, 10, 15 minutes with someone FaceTime because they're, you know, I don't have to get on a plane and go to Chicago or I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. So you, you've been reaching out to like producers and editors and stuff mm -hmm. just to be like, Hey, cause like back in the day, you actually go to their office and how's kind of, how's been the uh, reaction to people? Is it like people you kind of already have relationships with? Are you kind of like reaching out to new people to hopefully like. I'm trying to reach out to new people mostly. And it's been great. It's funny because I always will try to set up, you know, I'm just sitting in my new office right now and yeah. we just moved in, but uh, you know, I get people, they're sitting in their beds. I'm like, yeah. I love this. I'm like, what's up? That's hilarious. Or, they, or they're in their bedroom and I see their bed behind them. And I'm like, I love this intimacy. This is like what I thrive on. Like seeing people's spaces. So yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, but it's been a whole mix of new people. I've reached out to some older people just to, that I haven't seen um, seen in a while, or I, you know, it's been years since I sent them new work because mm-hmm. obviously it's hard to keep up, and I don't want to bombard people. But yeah, um, yeah, relationships, man. That's it's so it's sort of the meat of everything. And like, obviously, you have a rep now. Like, you kind of touched on it. Like when you partnered with your rep, like, were you actively looking for a rep? And like, what do you feel like is kind of, what do they kind of bring to the table for you now? All right. So I was sending out email blasts to every rep I could possibly find. <laughs> Cause I thought like, I need a rep. And once I get a rep, all this work's going to just come flying in the door. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to some people and, uh, they were interested in me and then people that I was really wanting to be with weren't interested in me. And it was, it was sort of a balancing act. And then um, I 
ultimately got an email. I sent out this email blast and I got an email back saying for my, who's with the woman who's now my agent saying, Hey, you know, I love your work. I'd love to meet you. You know, let me know the next time you're in LA. And I said, Oh, funnily enough, I'm going to be there on Friday, Yeah, which was a complete lie. That's the way you got to do it. That's the way you got to do it. <laughs> totally lied. I was like, here's my shoe, you know, foot in the door. I'm taking yeah. it. And she said, great, let's get coffee on Friday. And I b- booked a ticket and went and we've been like happily married ever after. I say that because I actually speak to her uh, sometimes more than I do to my husband. Like oh, we're on the phone shit. all the time. It's. <laughs> And that's the relationship I think you want. It really is a partnership and you're, you're going to talk to this person all the time. So you want their energy around you. Like if you don't trust this person or you don't really, you're not really vibing, it won't work. And like, what do you feel like they, obviously they help with like the marketing and they, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do estimates for you, but like, is it, do they give you a lot of creative input? Like, Hey, you should like shoot this type of work. And so you have it on your website so we can target these clients or like, what is it they kind of help you with? Like, I guess. I'm like, where do I begin? So she (laughs) really, I mean, so I touched on it earlier where I said, really there's accountability like, Oh, you know, have you reached out to someone today? Oh, what are you doing today? You know, um, hint, hint, wink, wink, you know, nudge, nudge. But, um, she also, I, I shoot a lot of stuff on my own Mm -hmm. sort of, I, I think being freelance for so long, I've learned how to be self-motivated. I definitely have my moments where I'm suck at it, but, uh, (laughs) but generally I'm pretty good. Yep. And so I'm always, I look to her to review the work and tell me what she thinks was successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's not the, the end of the line. Like if we'll have conversations about it, I'll say, no, 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 no. I love this image. And here's why. And she'll be like, okay, I see that, you know, like throw it up on your website, blah, blah. Let's see how, you know, the reaction we get. So, um, she's also the one who really said, I think you could do entertainment work. I had no grand plans of shooting movie posters. That was not, I just wanted to, I just wanted to take, you know, portraits. And to me, to me, that meant magazines. And she was like, we're going to reach a little higher. We're going to think a little bit bigger. (laughs) And that, so I owe all of that to her because it was not, I just felt like it was, um, there were like five guys that shot it and all the movie posters. And that was just going to be the way it was forever. And she's like, "Uh -uh, let's, let's work towards this. And I didn't ever shoot anything saying, okay, Hey, I want, I'm going to pretend I'm shooting a movie poster or, you know, it's just, she just sent the work that I was already making. And then someone took a chance on me and that's how that started. That's awesome to hear. Like, I think you say you've been with your rep for almost 10 years. Cause like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have plenty of friends and colleagues. Like sometimes it goes the other way. Like, you know, it's a bad <laughs> thing. So to have like that, like relationship and trust in someone, it's like really hard to find. So it's great. You actually found that partner to partner with. She definitely believes in developing her artists. And at the time she had that on her website. I don't know if the Fox creative website still has that, but it said, you know, I'm looking to sort of build a long relationship Mm -hmm. and she's interesting because she's always says, you know, you don't want to be the flavor of the month. I'm like, yeah, I do. What are you talking about? (laughs) She's like, we're going for longevity. This is, you know, you don't want to burn out. And I'm like, all right, I would totally respect that still like to be the flavor of the month sometimes, but I get it. And, and, and she sort of keeps my head on straight 
she, yeah. some of her artists, the photographer she's, she's had for way longer than me. And to me, that really said something, you know, these people really stick with her. Mm. And no. I had this, this one other um, agent was talking to me around the same time. And I actually ended up calling some people on their roster just to sort of get the vibe. Yep. And I, they were like, you know, they're not the, that warm, like they don't have the best bedside manner kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, well, that's not, I'm the opposite of that. Like I need that sort of comfort. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the so hard that, thing. Cause the rep yeah. is representing you. So like if your rep is like, is speaking for you and they have like a bad attitude or they're like too aggressive towards a client, they can just like completely yeah. mess a job up for you. Totally. And you know, they had successful photographers, so I knew they were doing something right, mm -hmm. but it was just a gut instinct. And again, I'm, um, I make that joke that like we're married, but I, <laughs> we really do talk that much. Like it just, it's like anyone who's in your life all that often, you want to enjoy what's happening. Like it, I feel like I'm growing. I yep. feel like she supports me. It's more of a, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like when a job comes in, in and it's overwhelming and I can't, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. She's like, let's just go through it line by line, you mm -hmm. know, and we do that together. And yeah. that, that sort of backbone is really a, allows me to focus on just being creative. That's awesome. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, like working in this business, like as a woman, like starting out, did you ever feel intimidated in the photography industry? Because I feel like it's always been kind of male dominated a lot of the mm -hmm. most famous photographers are men like was there any like women photographers you kind of looked up to starting out or like uh, was there your kind of whole feelings on it this the industry as a whole for being a woman working in this business i guess it's a great question well i obviously looked up to annie i just can't imagine the hurdles that she went through but i mean i have a print of um, Margaret Burke White sitting on the Chrysler building. And, you know, nice. I, there's so many women that have come before me that I wasn't, I was intimidated, but it wasn't gender based. It was age based. I just felt very young because I, you know, when I started at the newspaper, I was 22 and I would walk into an assignment and people would be like, you're the photographer. Mm. And part of me loved that. I was like, yeah. you better fucking believe it. That's right. That's you know? where I'm like, at. I'm at. I'm out here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that, that was sort of my reaction to that. But um, I definitely, you know, speaking about entertainment, it was to me, that world was just like the good old boys. It was mm -hmm. like all these guys have been doing it forever yep. and they weren't going anywhere. And I didn't really see a way to break in, but I'm not, again, I don't know if it was, gender-based but I was a little bit again I sometimes have these rose-colored glasses and, and put a little bit too much faith in everybody <laughs> yeah I feel like uh, a lot of uh I feel like talking to so many photographers every, I feel like every photographer feels like an outsider at some point like you know like like because you're yeah. you, you, you're you always have goals like I'm sure you have goals of like people you want to work for and I don't know like I, sometimes I'm like how do I even like get in the mix like it's like the cool crowd or something like mm. it, you, you can I feel like this is good and uh, as an artist everyone feels that way like yeah you're it's like a cool uh, lunch table I'm like I want it. yeah but it's, most of it's probably it's in your mind like you can probably get there it's just like time or something I don't know but I think everyone's kind of in, has those internal battles a little bit oh oh yeah yeah I mean 
being a photographer is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, so my friends tell me. Ha uh-huh. uh, Yeah. And one one project I was interested in talking to you about. Um, you did a book called Born Back, which was like a series of tin types. I was just kind of curious, like the backstory behind that whole project is like tin types, something you've done for a long time or. Oh, my God. Hilarious. No, <laughs> <laughs> the very first time I ever did them was at Sundance. OK, so I'm a bit of a lunatic. And um, the the background is I had gone to Sundance for several years just doing, you know, on assignment, doing uh, portraits. And every year I tried to come up with something new because it's the same sort of groundhog day for the artists that are there, the photographers, you know, it's um, there's a limit to the creativity too, because you walk, you know, they give you a tiny room and they say, make a studio. But by the way, you're going to have, you know, 10 minutes with each cast and blah, blah, blah. And everyone just coming in. It's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's sort of like a boot, creative boot camp. And, um, but I also would spend the time in between trying to figure out what to do the next year to make it different, like how to, how to evolve again, like how to grow, how to make it better. And I went to the Photoville Photo Festival that's in New York the very first year. And there was the Penumbra, um, studio was there making tintypes and I had a tintype made of myself and the woman who did it's name's Lisa Elmoy she's such a badass and I was like fangirling I'm like oh my god this is so cool can you teach me all of this can I want to learn all that she literally was like I have no time for you who are you and I've become friends with her since you know years later and she's like I had been breathing ether for 12 hours. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I smelled, <laughs> I was sweating all day. Like you, then you come rolling in. She doesn't even remember, but she's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is probably what happened. And she's right. So uh, I walked away from that and said, all right, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And I called some people. I read a bunch of books. You know, I watched YouTube videos on how to do it. And I ordered all of the gear and chemistry and, um, coerced some crazy individuals <laughs> come with me and we went to Sundance and I was still on assignment for AP to shoot digital pictures, but I knew that it was possible to pull this off. And so I said, you know what, I'm doing this for me. And what I want is um, at the end of every portrait, I'm just going to ask someone if they want to step over here and do a tintype. And if I get 10, then I have like this body of work, you mm-hmm. know, that feels cohesive and and new and it just was far more successful than I ever could have imagined. You know, is that the, the first... video the video on your website where you're blasting the flash into? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. Yeah. So that's the second year that I went, and so the first year I went, it was, um, you know, me and my crew, and we were just figuring it out as we went along. And it turns out we were doing making so many mistakes, and we're really quite terrible at the actual tintype process. But that's also sort of what I love about them is all of the mistakes. Yeah. Um, the next, so I got asked, well, I ended up giving those photos to Esquire. They reached out to me and they published it and it, they, you know, it had a really wide reach. And so they asked me to go back the next year, which I did a little bit more um, prepared. And <laughs> I mean, it was a ludicrous thing to do, but at the same time, yeah, if I... It. Yeah. But also, you know, like if if it was a complete failure, 
then, you know, no sweat. Then I just was out, you know, a little bit of ego and a lot of money. So, um, but uh, it ended up, you know, so we went back the next year, I brought more people and I brought the people from Penumbra actually to help me with the chemistry because you really can't, A, they're far better at it than I'll ever be. Uh, But, you know, I really can't leave the studio. I'm just, it's just people coming in. And and, um, five years later, someone reached out to me about making it a book that never had been part of my intention. Wow. This out of the blue. They're like, Hey, let's do a book. Out of the blue. Yeah. Damn, hey, that's... do you want to publish these? And I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, nah, it looked cool. So that's and how I... that happened. It was just sort of a. Yeah. No, it was badass. And, I, and then I think I saw like Carhartt, they hired you to do 10 types. I think of Von Miller. So is that after the book came yeah. out, they kind of saw the work or were you like actively actively promoting the tin types or. I actually have been, um, I have a long relationship. Speaking of long relationships, like the dream is to have a client you love and, you know, have that long working relationship that they are that for me. I um, I've been working with them shooting a lot of their women's campaigns for a while and uh, just got to know the creative director really well. And he said, you know, I pitched this idea. Can we do, you know, he knew that I did uh, tintype stuff. And he said, do you think you could do that for Carhartt? And I was like, yeah, I That's can. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. He's really great. A, because he, you know, tries to think outside of the box and inc- he's incredibly um, collaborative and creative, but in a tintype, when you shoot it, it becomes a, a reverse so the Carhartt logo is actually backwards. And oh, I was like, shit. hey, man. So right off the bat, I was like, listen, I, I'm in. I will absolutely do this. But all of your logos are going to be backwards. He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, he's down for just the purity hey, well, of it. Put the, put the logo in the text, you know, in the ad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. No, so that's, that's I awesome. Totally appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but it was also a, there was also a downside to the tintypes, which was to, that after Sundance, I was only getting calls to do tintypes, right? And I became like the tintype lady. Oh man. And that was strange to me. I understand why that happened, but it was strange to me because I sort of thought, all right, listen, guys, I'm a portrait photographer who used this as yeah. a, you know, as a medium. Yep. The por- and the portrait has to be there first. And also tintypes are not appropriate for everything. It's no. they're just not. Hey, and- it's such a slow process if you're trying to like you can't do a lot, you know. No, it's like, do you want a thousand digital pictures to walk away with? Or do you want, you know, like 25? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in a day, you know, depending, like, do you want to pick from 25? And everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah, that's it. I think, you you know, it depends on, you know, if you're really committed to the process. I also got a lot of, you know, can you shoot my wedding and and do tintypes and be a party favor? Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm totally down for that in the right environment, but. I like to keep my plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not giving these away. Yeah. No, and I so th- I had to sort of remind people that I also do other stuff, do other things. Yeah. No, nah, man, it's just cool though. This kind of reminds me like you just try different stuff. You never know where it's going to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open some doors. Um, exactly. And I love the process. It's, you know, yeah. it's, I'm so glad I know it. There are people that do it full-time that's it mm-hmm. so um that's kind of been an them, interesting thing like film has been such a resurgence in the last few years it seems like like i even know like 
my friend retouches for Nike and uh, he he's like, yeah, they're having all these shoots where they ask photographers to shoot film now, like as part of the shoots, which is kind of interesting seeing like I see so many people like shooting the, the RZ again, like especially mm-hmm. I'm a lot more editorial than commercial, but even a lot of commercial stuff, I seem seeing more film, which is kind of interesting. I don't have an interest in going back to film myself, but it's it's cool to see people doing it, you know? Yeah, I've been asked to do it once or twice and I I'm, love it. But I, again, I get a little bit uncomfortable because I'm sort of going back yeah. to it's, I'm not as fluid exactly because so once you like, have yeah, yeah, yeah of course I can do this that's where I'm at because like once I have my workflow like I don't feel like switching back because I feel like it's this I, I know what I'm good at I don't know it's just interesting I mean I came up on film but going backwards is, is kind of a tough thing for me I guess it's but, yeah it's like my camera has become sort of an extension of my hand you know it's like I know where all the buttons are and it's I'm, it's just the fluidity and when I go back to some of my older cameras i have to sort of relearn that i'm like rewiring my brain again definitely uh, a couple more questions i'll let you go uh no no i'm having a blast all right this cool cool awesome. yeah it's great uh one project on your website that was really interesting is called uh Ex- extraordinary measures i was kind of mm-hmm. curious what was kind of the backstory with that project and like how long you kind of work on that for oh thanks for asking about that so my oldest brother has down syndrome and I, in college, did a project with him, uh, just, you know, f- photographing him at work, some of his friends, just sort of, again, it was very photojournalistic. I shot it with a Pentax 6-7, uh, and it was a project that I always loved and I always wanted to come back to. And mm-hmm. I always had grand plans of sort of, saying, you know, this is a space that I would like to work in because I know it, A, I grew up with it. And, um, but also it's important to me. I think there's a, you know, a lot of misconceptions about people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that they, you know, there isn't a place for them. And there, there is, my brother has had many jobs and has worked the last 12 years for the Washington nationals. And yeah, it's, um, and I want to sort of share that with people. And then I thought I was going to do, I've had all sorts of plans. Like, oh, why, why are there never any Down syndrome models? I want to do fashion photography. Well, some people have actually beat me to the punch on that one. Mm-hmm. But um, it's one of those projects I think I'll, I'll always work in this, um, in this world. And I was connected with a company called Community Options. And what they do is provide um, housing support in housing support and employment uh, for people with disabilities. So oftentimes there are people coming out of institutions because that's what a lot of people did for a very long time with um, when they mm. had a, a child with a disability. I mean, my mother, the doctor said to her, do you want to take your son out? It was 1971. Gee. She was like, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to do that. But they were right then and there saying, you know, we don't have a, we don't really know a lot about this. And here's an option, which is to institutionalize. So yeah, a lot of people did that. And um, now the, this programs like community options will help families figure out a way to have supportive um, homes and communities. So basically they can, um, these individuals can live on their own 
with roommates and whatnot, but they have supportive care. You know, they're nurses if they need medical mm-hmm. assistance, things like that. So um, I got connected with them and I, they're all over the country and I have just been traveling for um, some time trying to meet all of the people that have, that are part of their community because some of them have been um, with them for, you know, 15, 20 years. Some are brand new and, and extraordinary measures was a, well, to me, the, the people who work in this industry go to extraordinary measures all the time, but mm-hmm. particularly during COVID because um, people with intellectual disabilities tend to also have genetic um, medical conditions, which make them, you know, high risk when it comes to COVID. Oh. So um, diabetes and asthma, and, I mean, you name it, there's all sorts of things that could, um, and just keeping that community safe. And when I say this community, I don't just, I mean, the, the community of community options that, mm-hmm. uh, so I went and photographed both the caretakers and the people that they work with. And do you feel like, obviously you grew up with your brother, um, having down syndrome, do you think there's anything you've learned getting to see other people around the country that also have down syndrome, maybe something you didn't know this, they have different experience or anything you kind of feel like you've learned through the process of like getting to photograph all these people. Yeah. I mean, part of it is just to sort of stop. I mean, just don't make assumptions, like meet Mm -hmm. everyone with a blank slate from the beginning, the same way you want everyone to meet you. You know, there's sort of, um, I've always been blown away by, um, my, the fact that my brother, he doesn't really have the ability to hate. Mm-hmm. He just, it's just not part of his DNA. I mean, yeah, he doesn't like Brussels sprouts. Like, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he, he, there's lots of things he doesn't like, but he doesn't have that visceral, you know, we all, I, I get that, that anger and that it's just doesn't come naturally to him. And I think I've seen him, he's going to be 49 this year. And I think I have, you know, seen him angry a handful of times. And even within the anger, there's not a hate. Mm-hmm. It's a disappointment. It's just different. And um, so I always think about that, you know, like, well, where did I learn to hate things yeah. Yeah. <laughs> along the way? Or, but this community and people with into, uh, intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities, you know, are, are vastly underestimated and underserved the, and, you know, um, I love seeing people with disabilities put in the workforce. It's just, it, it, it makes me so happy, but also it brings them a, a sense of accomplishment and purpose. And they are, you know, everyone I ask loves to tell me about their work. They love to tell me about, you know, um, that the, their friends at the, at the office or how they commute to work, you know, there's just a sense of independence and autonomy. And um, I think it's a very long answer. And the, sh- the, sh- the short version is, I think that they're underestimated and um, I'd love to show that we have a blind spot when it comes to. Yeah, definitely. Um, this group of people. Do you feel like you think you would ever do like a show or a book with this? Because I feel like there's so much because unless you like have a close relationship, like even myself, like I don't know anybody personally that has Down syndrome. But like, I feel like there is like 
do you think you would ever do a book or anything to help kind of, I feel like a lot of people probably learn from kind of hearing the stories of these different people and stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to, again, I don't know if that's the dream, I mm -hmm. think, but I, I start a little bit with just like bite-sized goals. Yes. That's secretly back there, but I want to sort of just continue the project and see yep. where it goes. Um, you know, there's, um, so many different ways it can go. And sometimes I think I sit and try to come up with the, the next step mm -hmm. when really I just need to go shoot it and it's yep. going to come. Definitely. And that's, that's, um, that's my next, that's the next move, which is just to go get back out there. No, that's great. You know, I, I, I really appreciate those stories of this kind of real people and it's like hearing their stories. That's that's the type of photography that resonates with me the most. So I, I really appreciate that work and I'll definitely link it Thank and people can go check it out. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. There's a there's a photo there of a woman. Um, it's a, it was one of the first times I photographed um, some of the people from Community Options. And she, so they don't all have Down syndrome, but it's it's a whole range. And this particular woman came in and she was blind and deaf. Wow. And I just kept thinking about what it required to make sure that she has a happy, healthy existence, because imagine not being able to, oh, she also was mute, not be able so to how, speak, Wow. not how, be able to hear and not be able to see like what, what is, you know, how challenging is that for that person? And also for the people who are trying to maintain her health and her care and her, you know, emotional, um, your her emotional health. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. And how the fact you, that these people do that blows like my how, mind. How did you approach that shoot? Because if she's blind, deaf, mute, like, how do you even like interact? Like, so yeah. Okay. Well, the, um, that particular shoot, a lot of the people that were in each of the houses. So, you know, as I mentioned, they have a lot of roommates. They were all, they all came to the studio. So every person that came in front of me that day had some sort of different intellectual disability mm -hmm. or, um, or multiple um, issues. And she was just one of the many people who came in. And I, you just, I think the most important thing is just to treat them with the respect and dignity that you want to be treated. And I think, a lot of people, you know, speak to them like they're children and talk down to them. I know I've seen people do that to my brother where they have a really hard time understanding because there's a stutter or a speech impediment and, um, and people get very frustrated and that they, that, and it's just about being present mm -hmm. and being, and, and giving, you know, I want the photos to show their dignity and, so that's what I, that's, that's the deal. It's sort of, I have to, um, I'm, I have to bring that dignity yeah. to them and, and, and show how much I respect who they are. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely powerful work. And uh, I guess to wrap up, like what, what kind of keeps you excited about photography these days and kind of anything you're kind of hoping to work on down the line here in the future or anything? Oh man. Oh, so many things <laughs> I would love to work on. I mean, um, so I had a really, um, the last couple of years I've, I have 
done a lot of advertising work, which I love, but I also love editorial. Like just my heart is, is, is in it. And so I would actually like to do more editorials. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Just to, yeah, it's really fun. And just throw out a lot. There's sort of, you know, more, um, they're like smaller vignettes. And mm-hmm. so you can sort of, I can do more of them in, in, um, I, so I have inspiration boards with ideas pumping, but, um, I've never not been excited about photography. Is that weird? No, nah, that's where that's, I'm at. Like, it's funny. Like when I talk to people who are like, cause there's definitely like friends who I have who are photographers and I think it's more of kind of like a job to them and mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. Like, but for me, like it's, it's my all day, every day. Like I love it. I love looking at pictures. Totally. That's why I started a podcast is to like chop it up with other photographers. Yeah. And it's like, I can't picture myself doing anything yeah. else. And it's, Oh just, no, there is no plan B here. No I always way. think, I always think at the beginning of the year, I'm like, all right, like what's what am I gonna shoot this year? Like, cause you never know. Like, I always think about that at the beginning of January. I'm like, all right, at the end of the year, what's my like portfolio gonna look like? Cause I'm, I know I'm gonna have some new stuff, and I don't know what's coming right. down the pipeline, and it's still just exciting every year, you know. And you can't anticipate it, no matter how hard you try. Nah, that's it's the, like the you know what, <laughs> the, like hey, can you shoot uh, an aerial out of a helicopter? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I can. You know, like <laughs> let's didn't do see it. that coming, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm always. I think back to, you know, the way you're talking about, like in December, I'm like, what? Never saw that coming. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, never thought I'd end up in Greece or yeah. whatever, you know, it's, yep. th- that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the downside is that, the, is the, that it's unpredictable. Yeah. And, you know, when my, my friends are thankfully very understanding when I, you know, yeah, sure. I'd love to be at your wedding. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but not if Netflix goes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, they're used to like, hey, I know I said I'd come to dinner, but that's what that's what I always uh, say. Like, uh, photographers always say, like, if you if if you don't have any work, just plan a vacation, and then that call will come in for a job. You know. <laughs> I mean, that is a the truth. <laughs> Every time I book a you know a flight, the yeah. phone rings, and I'm like, why didn't I do this last week? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, especially those slow periods. In fact, <laughs> I might go book a vacation. <laughs> hey, you know, so you live it up, Victoria. Live it up. You know, it's been a hard right. two years. Have some fun. Uh, exactly. But Victoria, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I'm glad we connected. Uh, it, it was a great time. This was fabulous. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. I loved your questions, and let's do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Next time I'm in LA, I'll, I'll hit you up. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Victoria. All right. Take care. So there you go. That was the Victoria Will interview. I just want to thank Victoria so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was real exciting to hear about her experience in the photo world. Uh, So can't thank her enough. Uh, Definitely go check out Victoria's work. You can go to her website at victoriawill.com as well as definitely give her a follow on Instagram. You can see what project she's working on at Victoria Will. I'll put all the links in the description so you can go uh, check out her work. And as always, um, I know I've been kind of slow to be releasing episodes lately. This kind of been busy, um, but, you know, I'm still going to keep posting up episodes. I've got some more coming. Um, so definitely check that out, as always, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.